Welcome to FedSpeak, the Canadian edition brought to you by MI Market News. I'm Greg Quinn in Ottawa. With me today from Toronto is Babak Abbasadeh. He is president and CEO of the Toronto Centre, which advises uh, policymakers and regulators worldwide on best practices and also some central bankers. Uh, Babak, uh, thanks for being here today. Well, Greg, thank you very much. Uh, glad to be here. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, I'd like to start with the idea of the, the COVID pandemic. It's clearly been a major shock for people but also for um, the people who regulate and shape the economies around the world. Coming out of the worst of the pandemic and, and the lockdowns, uh, what are you telling your clients and stakeholders about, about how to handle this situation as kind of a major economic shock? So, you know, it's interesting because the pandemic was a once-in-a-lifetime kind of an occurrence, and I don't think we've ever seen, any, at least in our lifetimes, and the world economy uh, basically stopped at the drop of a hat, right? And... The most important thing we were able to do for our clients was to help them uh, with their business continuity planning. That's critical. In fact, we had a webinar right after the pandemic was declared by WHO. Oh, w, yeah, that's right, uh, WHO on um, what the pandemics and financial stability. And one of the speakers that we had was saying, oh, you have to activate your business continuity planning. And then all of a sudden, we were getting all these uh, questions on Zoom from uh, Central Bank of this, Central Bank of that. Well, what if we don't have one? What do we do? So for us, we started really helping him with that. The other thing which was part of our strong suit was uh, helping countries understand how to deal with the crisis, how to prepare for crisis. So these were a couple of things that I'd like to leave with you, and maybe we have a chance to expand on these through the course of this interview, but uh, really helping them put the fires out right away. The Toronto Centre was kind of came out of the 1998 Asian financial crisis. There are a lot of lessons learned from that uh, and more from the 2008 meltdown. You know, the pandemic has a lot of lessons as well. I, I wonder, you know, what are you hearing from your stakeholders about about how to deal with this crisis? So like, what are they coming to you with and, and asking you to help out with? Yeah, Greg, I mean, you just talked about two crises that happened in 1998, which was gave birth to us, 2008 and now the pandemic. So between these three crises, some of the observations are that no two crises are the same. So that's number one. And expect the unexpected. I mean, a crisis can really come from anywhere. So the pandemic was not even a, a financial crisis. It was a health crisis that found its way to the economy, to the financial sector, to other things as well. And uh, so there's always different angles to them. And, um, and then it's hard to avoid crises. So the best thing you really can do is to prepare for them. So, for example, Toronto Centre, uh, since 2008, has delivered over 120 uh, crisis uh, preparedness and simulation programs around the world. So that's a lot. Many of them are standard programs, but some of them are very bespoke, like specific to certain countries. And uh, I guess I don't want to name the countries because I don't want them to write to me and say, why do you talk about our crisis? But Rest assured that many countries in the world have taken advantage of how to prepare for, uh, you know, to an eventual crisis, what to do, what are the steps they need to take, uh, what is the coordination they need to have in place prior, how to communicate across agencies. And you'd be shocked. Sometimes you go to a country, pick a country, and then you talk to their deposit insurance people and to their central bank people. Sometimes those folks have never met. So one of the things is just to establish those networks. That's part of what we do. 
The other big thing for us has been the simulations, right? So after we do some uh, you know, necessary training, we expose people to a simulated crisis that's very similar to a typical crisis they would go through, but under a lot of time pressure. And then afterwards, the debrief helps them understand how ready they are. What are they missing? How do they need to fill their gaps, right? And uh, so the big lesson to learn from a crisis is never get complacent. Never assume that just because you have a plan, you can implement it. And let me try that uh, um, tired cliche. I apologize for that. Mike Tyson said you can have the best plan in the world, but you could get punched in the mouth, right? So plan, a plan by itself is not important, but that planning makes all, all the difference. You've had some pretty high-profile guests this year, um, the Ukraine Central Bank chief and, and Carmen Reinhardt. Uh, how does having these kinds of guests in, inform your thinking and your work? And, yeah, we have several more from other countries as well, but it's good that you um, highlighted these two. Well, it's a pretty varied uh, and challenging world out there. So Carmen brought a perspective as a chief economist of the World Bank at the time, very global. And uh, we understood how some of the different parts of the world are dealing with specific crises. We've had deputy governors or governors from Mexico and other countries also come and talk about their specific issues. At one of our panels, we had uh, Mark Carney and Sri Mulyani, the Minister of Finance of Indonesia, who's also a co-chair of Global Finance Ministers on Climate, talk about issues. And you realize how much time and effort goes into understanding uh, good supervision, preparing for a next crisis. But the interview that I had with the governor of the National Bank of Ukraine was quite something else. Greg, here we had a situation where this interview took place towards the end of March, maybe early April. I have to go back and check the exact date. The governor probably answered our questions in the bunker. We couldn't really have a live uh, interview like this. Uh, it was a lot, lot of uh, written answers and you know, questions. But what struck me was how dedicated their officials were to keep the financial sector in Ukraine running, but also to help their refugees who are in the country with remittances, and how some of their staff were actually going to the front line fighting and coming back. So <laughs> I, I don't want to say I'm the only one, but I suspect since World War II, no one's ever <laughs> interviewed a central bank governor. And this was quite an experience for me. It was so humbling. And you can actually read the interview. I, I recommend it to your um, audience. You can go to the National Bank of Ukraine's website and look for the governor's interview with Toronto Center. It's quite, quite something. So just to be clear, you, do, you offer a lot of forms of training, but not combat training. You don't do <laughs> but, you know, dealing with a financial crisis sometimes is a combat training. Because, I mean, think, think about it. In 2008, regulators and supervisors in some extreme cases had to go into a financial institution, either shut it down or force make mergers just to make sure that, you know, the system can function well. That's a, that's a form of combat. But no, there's no weapons here, for sure. Certainly no weapons that can fire. Right. Uh, climate change, I, I did want to ask about that. Climate change and energy. You know, I see a lot of governments around the world have, have set targets, but over time, many governments have, have missed those targets. Uh, you know, we're seeing central banks trying to step up their game on climate risks. We know markets face issues like stranded assets or just the energy transition away from fossil fuels. How is the Toronto Centre working in this area? Like, what are, what are you telling people to do around these risks? Yeah, it's, a, it's a fascinating question. And just to tell you something, like, if you could see me in action, let's say five years ago, as I was talking to 
various people about climate risk and climate action in the, in the financial sector, in the supervisory regulatory sector, they would probably roll their eyes and push their chairs away, right? Because they right. say, oh, this is something else. And, and in the general population too, I mean, look back a few years ago when we were all talking about climate change, climate risk, we thought there are people who are looking after it, right? But then all of a sudden, as Governor Carney said in one of his uh, interviews uh, uh, online, um, turns out that the people looking after it really should be us, right? There's no one else. Out, so we all have to play a role in looking after these issues. So for Toronto Center, we've been actively working on climate risk. In fact, I would say we were probably the first regulatory supervisory capacity building organization anywhere that focused on climate risk, going back to 2015, 2016. And then our work got more, I would say, air cover by the speeches of Mark Carney when he was the governor of Bank of England to the Lloyds of London, the Sustainable Development Goals uh, you know, conventions that the UN passed. And we started, but, you know, we started not talking about climate change, climate risk in terms of policy discussions. There are others who are charged to do that. We looked at, okay, what is it that supervisors need to do? What is it that they need to do to uh, have better oversight of the financial system's risk when it comes to climate, right? So we offered courses. We uh, trained uh, supervisors from the Eastern Caribbean central banks, uh, several in Africa, in Latin America, in other countries in the world, in Asia. So we started talking about it with them. And of course, if you're from the insurance sector, you're probably far ahead than most, but then we live in an environment where there's such a consolidated approach to the financial sector and supervision that banks and securities firms are not really immune from it. Now, as time went on, we were no longer alone in the wilderness. So, you know, you have the TCFD, which is a network of financial institutions themselves for disclosure. So they came on board as a result of the FSB's work, financial stability's work. Then you had the network for green and financial system. Now, this is a powerful body. I mean, I don't know, at last count, I've seen there were 110 or so, maybe more now, uh, supervisory institutions and central banks that are part of it. Canada, for example, is a member. And uh, they're putting up a lot of guidance and other issues. But the point is they're coming together talking about it. And at Toronto Center, we always try to be very practical about it. So we actually have uh, written publications that are guidance for supervisors. And in this context, think of supervisors as those plumbers who are looking at how to make sure the system is actually working, not pontificators, there's a role for both, and also toolkits. So let's say if you're a regulator, supervisor in some remote place, you know where to start, or even a sophisticated place, at least you go back to the basics, you know how to start it, right? So those are some of the things that we have do, done and are doing. But, you know, let me leave with you this thought. Uh, I see parallels between the pandemic and climate, right, in a sense that a climate crisis uh, climate crisis to me is like a pandemic that is very slow moving, but you can't either isolate or vaccinate your way out of it, right? So if you look at it that way, we're all in it together. Then you get into disruptions, the war, right? The war in Europe. Maybe we get a chance to talk about that too. And then all of a sudden, the importance of fossil fuels as part of that transition kind of comes into it, right? Like you can no longer just say, we can't use that. You have to look at it in terms of what is that glide path to the clean energy. And another angle here, Greg, uh, is uh, greenwashing, right? How do you and I make sure that the monies we invest for our families, children's education, whatever, if we want to have a 
sort of in that category of clean, how do we know that they are actually that clean and you're not being greenwashed or sold a bill of goods under environmental packaging, right? So there's consumer protection angles in it as well. So it's quite a complicated area, but, you know, there's pro progress being made, right? Progress being made, but as you said, some targets are being, uh, you know, not met or, or maybe the transition period for them are deemed to be too, uh, like now in retrospect, we think they're too aggressive, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're in a much better position now than we were a few years ago. I did want to return back to some of your earlier comments about uh, Ukraine or, or political risk. Typically, you know, economists don't put any of this into their forecasts. Is this something that, that plumbers and regulators, policymakers need to gather more capability on? Is, is it important to be able to try and look ahead at geopolitical risk? Yeah, here we get into this uh, category of, uh, <laughs> I, I hate to use term, but I might as well, unknown unknowns, right? I mean, I don't think anyone with any great certainty can say, oh, no, this is a one-off event. We start with the premise that the Western liberal order is under attack one way or another. There are forces that are trying to dismantle it. So we might see more of this, right? There's, this is not the only conflict in the world. It's one of the most visible and perhaps uh, symbolic ones right now. And hats off to, the, to Ukraine for fighting so uh, fiercely, intelligently, both on the battlefield and in the international arena. They made, the, Ukraine now is a battlefront, not just for between Russia and Ukraine, but in that Western liberal order that I talked to you about. And in, incidentally, for you and your audience, you might be interested, this week and next week, we are training the National Bank of Ukraine senior staff on uh, crisis uh, preparedness and management for the financial sector. God knows they have bigger crisis, but hats off to them that they're actually taking time off as some of them are coming back from the front lines because some of their staff gets the contact to the front to receive that training because the stake, stakes are very high, especially with all the refugees outside the country and what's going on to be able to keep it all together. Uh, so that's happening right now. And uh, really, the, the, what... The regulators, look at it this way, regulator supervisors cannot start or stop wars, or at least I hope so, they cannot start a war, but certainly they cannot stop one. But they can be prepared to understand what the consequences are to the financial sectors in their own countries and the fact that right, we live in a cross-border world now, right? Money doesn't just stop at the border. So how to collaborate with others? And look, and if I may add one more thing here, we cannot look at this war without looking at sanctions, in some cases, sanctions have been very effective. In some cases, maybe not so effective. But the point is, while we're worried about the world order getting fractured, we're also seeing the resilience of the world order, right? People are coming together. Countries' powers are coming together and saying, no, this behavior is not condoned, cannot stand. And if you're going to invade another country, these are the sanctions you're going to be facing. This is how you're going to be ostracized. So that took a lot of coordination. That was not something that was cooked up you know, overnight. So when you look at that, supervisors and regulators will have to oversee all those big decisions, right? Let's let's uh, wrap it up here. Uh, this has been uh, the FedSpeak podcast by M&I Market News. You can reach me with feedback at greg.quinn at marketnews.com. If you like the show, tell a friend. Uh, hope to be with you again soon. And Babak, thank you for being my first guest.